Hello there, this is Cassia. And this is Coden. Welcome to The Ebon Hawk, a podcast discussing Star Wars news and Knights of the Old Republic. Today we are joined by Dennis S. Mowers, a prolific composer and KOTOR score aficionado. And together we will all delve into the KOTOR score. Spoiler alert for Knights of the Old Republic and the Star Wars films and TV shows. And this is where our rendition of the Old Republic theme begins. Um, can you introduce yourself to our guests? My name is Dennis. I am a composer for media, including film and video games. And I started a project called KOTOR Live, where I'm going to be re-recording some of the KOTOR themes with live orchestra. Awesome. So what do you love most about KOTOR? I think it's that it was really my first RPG. It was my introduction into RPGs. I found that a lot of Star Wars things were that introduction to something else that I really wouldn't have decided, oh, I want to I wanna get into this. And KOTOR was that for me with RPGs and a lot of story-driven games. Um, so what draws you to the music of KOTOR? Mostly, mostly that it's just something different. It's something in the Star Wars universe that's uh, not necessarily relying on the rest of it. Obviously, the Star Wars main theme appears in the opening crawl. you got the Force theme sprinkled throughout sometimes. But as an original score, a complete score, uh, it really is the first of its kind with Star Wars. Yeah, that, that's what we noticed um, with Knights of the Old Republic. There's really just main theme, kind of exit themes, and some of the Force themes. But it's not like some of the other movies where they're trying to be like, this is our Han Solo theme, you know? So- Yeah, even some of the games, too, like Jedi Outcast um, and the other Jedi Knight games had had their own original, quote, score where they had some uh, unheard tracks, and same with TIE Fighter and X-Wing, but most of it's just Star Wars music from the movies. Yeah, one thing, like, one of the big gems to me about KOTOR is that it, it does make a lot of connections to the Star Wars films, but it it does go way out of its way to provide a lot of new material, especially with the music. And and it's not like little quippy music that's short, which is pretty common with video game music, but it's like full production pieces for the different areas of the game that you're in. Yeah, I know. I definitely agree with that. One icebreaker is what non-Star Wars or KOTOR song reminds you the most of KOTOR? Uh, I think this is kind of cheating, but... Nerevar Rising from The Elder Scrolls Three Morrowind. And it's it's literally just because it's also Jeremy Soule from around the same era. And the funny thing about Jeremy Soule is that he pretty much created his own sample library from scratch, but it's very unique sounding. So when I hear Morrowind's theme, I'm like, it's KOTOR. It's the same instruments used. It's the same everything. And then what about you, Coden? Man, now that you brought up Morrowind, now I'm thinking the Skyrim overworld theme. If I had to pick something that was non-Star Wars that reminded me of KOTOR, I don't know, it's been a while, but I think I think some of like the overworld Mass Effect themes are 
also kind of in that same line too. There is a little bit different sound with Mass Effect, but I think when it goes to the overworld, it, it likes to fade more in the background and does get a little bit more similar. Uh, Mass Effect was also made by Bioware, so that connection does kind of seem organic. For me, I guess I'm exiting the uh, video game sphere and like just listening to uh, Florence and the Machine, like Cosmic Love. I like for me, that's kind of just like about Revan and Bastla. One more icebreaker before we start. This one comes to us from Ironic.Designs. He asks, which cantina in the KOTOR games has the best music? And he goes on to say, I like Isa's Cantina. I keep it on in the background when I work on Star Wars designs. Oh, absolutely Isa's Cantina. Mark Grisky did some pretty amazing stuff with the second game score. I, I, I might actually say in the opposite direction, though. The Telos Cantina has the worst cantina music in KOTOR. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd probably be pretty biased towards Javar's Cantina being my favorite. But that's, I mean, we do use that as our transition music, so it's kind of a cop-out. I think that one reminds me a lot of, like, like the Moss Eisley Cantina. Um, just before they get into, like, the big jazz music at that cantina when they're all there. That's, that kind of, like, brings that connection for me. I would have to say Javar's Cantina as well, although Isa's Cantina is, it's it's pretty cool too. All of our music on our podcast is inspired by some of the music in KOTOR. The Old Republic kind of sounds like that opening theme, so we'll go inspired by the Old Republic, and then our transition theme, we're like Javar's Cantina, and then closing, we'll go, you know... Uh, inspired by Basil's theme, which kind of incorporates that force theme. So I, I wrote this note on the Telos Cantina. The Telos Cantina is too much fantasy land for me. Like someone went to Disneyland on cocaine and like turned up the fantasy land like on a scale of like 10 and they're at a 21. And I'm like, nope, that's just too much it's Telos for me. <laughs> It's just like the same four bars repeated over and over again in a kind of annoying pitch. And I'm really surprised by it because Mark Grisky's score is so good. That second game, is it just sounds so beautiful. And then there's just that. It just kind of sticks out to me. I wonder what the story is behind that. But we'll take a quick break and we'll go into our top five favorite KOTOR scores. started uh what are your top five favorite scores from knights of the old republic the old republic i was just like the main theme why do you like uh the old republic theme why is that your number one it is a great place to start uh like that's that's the track you hear when you when you're making your character and uh it kind of it just envelops you in the atmosphere of the game and it's nice that you hear it somewhere else in the game like way later on it kind of gives you this oh we're back home it we're it everything is real this battle is real um because you hear it on the ebon hawk 
it kind of just shows like you're going full circle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's also my number one. And as you say, like it's playing in the beginning when you're creating your character. And for me, it's kind of like setting the tone for like the world and the galaxy of the game. It kind of like the world of adventure that you're going to dip your toes in, find your place in. And like I said, our intro music is inspired by that song. Kind of has like that military march feel to it. This is like the good side of the Knights of the Old Republic. It's for the Republic, you know, there's kind yeah. of that tension. They're fighting for good. The themes that stand out for me, I think this goes towards all the video game music, especially is just the the main overworld themes throughout the games, I think show the most personality to what, like where you're at and what you're playing. And so typically with the more combat centric themes, it's, they're more focused on kind of get getting the player to you know to get their heartbeat and get them to like feel intensity and pressure and so when the music goes towards more of like the relaxing notes you you can hear the personality of kashik or you can feel the personality of the terrace of city or javar's cantina i guess what do you love about the dantooine outback Oh, I mean, it's just so peaceful. It's just like, I, I would say it's very different from the rest of the score in general. It's it's driving, but yet at the same time, it's at the same time, it's just very serene. And there is a there's a huge lighting difference between the two different Dantooines when you're playing the first game and the second game. And the music definitely reflects that. And even though it's a game from 2003, and even though I play the Xbox version a lot, and it's and it doesn't look great nowadays i still feel like dantooine looks incredible like the sunset and everything and the music just really adds to it it gives you this sense of peace when you're not being attacked by cath hounds because it's one that i love um it's probably one of my favorite i just uh didn't have it on my list it's peaceful and fairy tale like and dantooine is has always been like my favorite planet in the kotor series there's a little bit of uneasiness, but it's mostly just a, a nice uh, roaming the plains kind of sound. Definitely agree. <laughs> like the the overworld themes have a good have a good chance to like bring in the personality of the planet that you're visiting. So like Dantooine Outback is one of those examples where when you hear the song, you think Dantooine. Like all the all the planets have different personalities. Some of them. You hear them, but if you hear, like, the Kashyyyk theme, it's like you know you're on Kashyyyk. Uh, what do you think of the Sith Endar Spire theme, Dennis? That just throws you right into the action. Just, it's the... I would say it's one of the more shocking openings of anything Star Wars, like when the crawl ends and all of a sudden you're like, oh, you're straight into a battle. This ship is spiraling down. Revan wakes up and it's it's good. It's driving. It sets the mood. And I love that it's used as the theme for the Sith, especially like later on with the, the dark side ending too. And you get to hear the full effect of that track and just the might of the Sith with it. Yeah, so this one also landed on my top five is this one. I, I did want to pick at least one intense theme 
piece of the soundtrack and so i picked the sith and our spire and this one also it it has a lot of great like musical personality bits that say that define like this is this is the sith that we're presenting here and and then that'll kind of you'll see a little bit of those notes kind of pop up as you see like malik and revan um through the rest of the game because uh, this is my number four it's it's interesting how you say like it just kind of throws you into the game like it starts like really intense like first thing uh we just did an episode where we were talking specifically about the opening on the endar spire and just like what comes across in this track is like it's just urgent there's trouble and it's a good combat theme and i think it kind of represents the evil side of knights of the old republic where the old republic is the good side when i hear it it's like i can hear like an antagonist and a protagonist and it gets you uh right at the beginning it going into the swing of things like they didn't start on dancing they started on the endar spire oh yeah i think that stems from this game being very black and white too especially compared to the second game like it's very hey you're the good guys you're the republic and there's this guy darth malik you gotta kill him Bastilla's theme. Uh, what did you think about that track? It's a very inspiring theme. That was actually the first one that I did for KOTOR Live. It's just like, I don't know how he made that cello sound so good. It's, it's a sampled cello. It's not a real cello. and It, it, sounds, it sounds good blew my mind when I like I was like what not a real orchestra but <laughs> yeah and I wasn't sure when I was a kid how it how it like fit Bastila because I was when I when I was like a when I was a little kid playing this it was like oh yeah Bastila is like this like spoiled brat whatever whatever but then you realize that she's like the key to the Republic war effort and that she just has this always like internal struggle between like being important and being mature and everything and you can definitely hear that in the theme yeah, just looking down our list, this this one landed on all of our top fives. One of the things that I liked about this piece is, though it's not the Force theme, it, it was very similar to the Force theme, and it does it does kind of bring out like the responsibility of having the Force and what that what that means in like the world of Kotor and the the war between the Sith and the Republic. <laughs> Definitely a reason why we uh, why we throw it at the end of our episodes each week. Like uh, you hear it. At least in two major ways in the game, you hear it when you wake up on Terrace after your vision of Bastila. You don't know who Bastila is and you don't know who she is fighting, but you see her and then you wake up and you hear it. And it is only one of the few instances where you hear the Force theme in KOTOR. And it's just a tragically beautiful song. And, and then you also hear it when you're on the temple. So I guess if things haven't been spoiled for you, if you're paying attention, you'd be like, why am I hearing this song when I'm on the top of the Lehan temple? Like, it gets your mind going. But if there were ever an adaptation of KOTOR, it would be really cool to see a dark version of this song when she's kind of a fallen Jedi or Sith. And then, like, maybe a resolved heroic theme at the end when she kind of comes more towards the light. Because when I hear it, I think it's kind of sad and mournful. 
and it would just be cool to hear like the resolved kind of heroic version maybe i'll do that at some point honestly that'd be amazing the main thing that basilis name gets across is that it's it's important she kind of drives the story in a way even though revan is the protagonist all right uh terrace upper city what do you like about that theme I like how Terrace is presented as this utopia when you're when you're first there. As- aside from the Sith occupation, and you leave the apartment and you have to deal with the the Sith soldier, or whatever. Once you leave the apartment building for the first time, you're like, "Wow, this is this is gorgeous," and nothing really seems that bad until you start to realize that everyone's super racist or aliens and. This is the upper city, and then there's the lower city, and there's the undercity where they're keeping, like, generations of prisoners. And it's a great—the Terrace Upper City theme is a great foil to the other themes. And it's it's almost like it goes out of its way to be overly peaceful for that reason, to, like, discern it from the grunge of the— of the lower city or like the disease-ridden undercity. Yeah, I like the how the music kind of transitions to as you're from the upper city and then as you investigate, you you learn more of like what's going on with the upper city and then it takes you to the kind of the lower city, the kind of like the the middle of the city and then you realize that what you actually need to do is get down to the the ground of the city and then it and then it's like everything kind of breaks loose on the what's going on in terrace when you first hear this theme it's just peaceful and beautiful it sounds like sunlight hitting glass in the morning and you you just are here on terrace it's the first world of the game and you're like wow this is really nice and you kind of forget the corruption when you're walking around the upper city but then like you said like it the gilded nature of Terrace is kind of revealed that it's kind of like a nice whitewashed and like kind of like a gold foil. But when you tear it off, you're like, this is actually not a nice place. Yeah, it's like this is it's so great up here because we took all the poor people and put them somewhere else. So we took all the aliens and put them somewhere else. It's only who we want to be here. So like Terrace is interesting to crack. You're like, am I supposed to? I don't know. It's like a huge part of the game and it's like what are you supposed to feel about it at the end of it so it's yeah. interesting coden uh can you tell us about your three and five so we got the uh yato city manan and the Javars cantina When I picked when I picked each of these tracks again, I was looking more at just like the diversity and kind of like the complexity of the different pieces. So like we've already talked about like Terrace Upper City, the Sith and our Spire, and and so now it's the City of Manon, and I had a hard time like picking between this or like the Kashik theme or some of these, but I just like this one because it's it still maintains kind of that same orchestra type but new themes. 
and it isn't like drastically different like kind of like Kashik was I, I was gonna say that uh Auto City and Terrace Upper City, I would say, are kind of like they're they're just so Jeremy Soul, where it's just this kind of building ambient atmospheric sound like layering over each other, and you get this one little like you get this one one little melody line that kind of breaks through it while there's just these chords happening, and that's just so typical of his writing style. Uh, um, when it's like peaceful music, I mean. Yeah. So I mean, like when I when I sit down and like want to listen to a like a soundtrack. Like, these are the type of pieces that I want to listen to. Like, the really complex, the really, the music that you know you're listening to something from KOTOR. And uh, and I just thought that the City Manon theme was, like, you know, one of those that really checks that box for me. Auto City, it just kind of sounds like sunlight and sea magical. Like, if there were an Instagram in the Old Republic, I think everyone would just go to Manon and just take pictures and then, like, post them and be like hashtag so blessed I got to go to Manon. I think it would be a fun world to like go on to and it's it's a good theme. With um Jvar's Cantina, it kind of strikes that connection with me with the new hope, uh with the Cantina on Tatooine. And so like when you walk into Jvar's Cantina for the first time you're like, yeah, I'm I'm kinda getting that familiar that familiar Star Wars vibe of like I'm I'm going into a bar. And that's a uh, I always thought that theme was really fun. I always liked the uh, the contrast between the Upper City Cantina and uh, Javar's Cantina. Like, just because they're they're laid out the exact same, but then the music it really it just gives a whole different atmosphere to it because you have this kind of like laid back jazz kind of sound, and then all of a sudden it's this like pumping electronic, almost like a it gives you more like a club vibe. I don't know. With Javer's Cantina, I love that song. It was almost in my top five. It, it was kind of harder than I thought to come up with a top five. But whenever I go to a party, I'm either playing Daft Punk's End of Line in my head or Javer's Cantina to kind of psych myself up. But one fun fact about this song is that... Star Wars Resistance canonized it. Yes. It, 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 plays, it plays in it. So I'm like, oh, this makes KOTOR canon, you know? Like, in my mind, I'm like, let me have this, you know? I was watching through Resistance, and I was like, wait, I know that. That's not Resistance. Yeah, and it's like, this is, this is a song I could listen to, like, on repeat for hours. I just, I love, you know, kind of techno, and this is kind of... Star Wars at its most techno and I mean we'll we'll kind of talk about the upper cantina or like the Pazak theme later but like where the upper city cantina is kind of more jazzy this one is kind of more like clubbish um and like techno and I think this is the this is the cantina I would want to hang out in my top five we've talked about the old republic theme Bastila is theme the Sith and our Spire and the Terrace Upper City, but we haven't talked about the last confrontation. And for me, it's kind of just the ultimate. There's lots of like fight themes and confrontations in KOTOR, but I feel like it was all kind of just leading up to this. 
Like, it, it just sounds like final boss fight music. And I think this is, like, the main theme that incorporates kind of an organ sound into the KOTOR soundtrack. It might be a little... There might be other places, but it seems like this is where they focused the organ sounds, you know? Yeah, I mean, it almost gives me Ganondorf vibes from, like, Ocarina of Time. It's just great final music. Like, it's leading up to this. I, I just love that it's uh, it's it's Darth Malak's theme. It's It's just sped up. It's double time. I think the reason why this didn't make my top five was that I think in the context of playing KOTOR, it's a really awesome song. It gets you really psyched up for the fight with Darth Malak. But I based my top five off of kind of outside the game, like listening to it on the car stereo or just on my own stereo. And uh, and so that's what the reason why I kind of cut this piece out. But but yeah, um, this this theme is great for like getting you prepared for fighting Malak at the end. All right. Before we talk about other score standouts, uh, let's hear our rendition of Javar's Cantina. Terrace Lower City. I think that this is the first real contrast that we hear with the rest of the game's style. So it, it mostly sticks with this whole orchestral style from the very beginning. You got the main theme, you got the Endar Spire theme, um, the cutscenes, um, Basilisk theme, Terrace Upper City, whatever. And then this just kind of goes into that, like, lots of drumming. There's this, like, almost tribal-sounding drums that Jeremy Soule seems to love so much villainous music in this game. And like I was saying about the contrast between the different levels of the city, I think I think it just so perfectly fits it. One thing I like about this track is that it's, like, it's it's a pretty eerie track. Like, you're down in the lower city, it's, it's kind of portrayed to be, like, the, the trash heap of the the um the people from above and like it just kind of gives you that feeling that you're going to be eaten by a rackle at any time it sounds very mysterious and dangerous kind of different than the epic themes that started out the game you just kind of hear it and it's like i am not at ease like this kind of sounds like somewhere like i would not want to walk alone well i i would also argue that it's the first time in this game that you're really closed off, and it does a very good job of of closing you off, because the rest of the time it's like, well, besides the Endar Spire where you're like, oh, I got an escape, once you're actually on Terrace, you're just surrounded by open air the, the whole time. Like, you're in your apartment, and it's got, like, windows or whatever, and you got, like, you're actually in the apartment complex itself, and you can see the skyline. You go outside, and you're like, wow, like, the wide open spaces, I'm on the top of the world right now, and then the lower city is just you're so enclosed they they do a lot of good job just like with the world design the top level seems very clean very lit and then you kind of go down and there's less light more gritty kind of trash you know 
and then the yeah. undercity is just kind of like your worst nightmare i think with rat ghouls and just a lack of light it also doesn't help that your method to get resources like stim packs or the, the poison packs are like really limited so you're kind of left with well, you better have prepared real good before you came down that elevator, because you're you're in for the long haul. Going through Terrace is really hard if you're trying to stay on level two. Yeah, I've heard that before. Yeah, some people are like, well, I want to be like, I want 18 levels of Jedi. Too much work. That's too much work. Uh, what did you think of the Pizak theme? Real quick, I want to say you're probably going to have to edit some of this out. There's like, I don't know if you can hear it, there's like an ice cream truck right outside my window. <laughs> it's Brooklyn, and this window is facing the street. Yeah, the Pazak theme, it's just, yeah, it, sound, it sounds so smooth. And especially, like I said before, about the, the, the cantina being the same layout uh, in the upper and lower city, which was probably more of a design oversight and just like, okay, we're just going to put the same location and just dinging up a little bit for the lower city but it just sounds so it sounds so snooty and again it's a great contrast terrace is all about contrasts not only in its level design and about its story but also with its music like they go up like just above and beyond to try to make you feel like oh wow this is so peaceful okay it's kind of dirty down here and oh this is a nightmare and i think the cantinas really show that contrast like when you go and play Pizak for the first time for me, it was a little jarring because, or you're playing a game in a video game, and the music really kind of takes you to that where you're like, all right, let's play this little arcade game inside the game that you're already playing. And I mean, Pizak is tons of fun. It's a, it's like a game that your cards like change when you're playing. But I, I just thought for me, it, it kind of like pulled me out of the immersion of KOTOR for a little bit. And kind of brought me into like a new game for a few minutes while you beat the guy at the uh, card game and then you kind of go back to what you're doing the idea of pazak itself in the game is kind of funny like i i just imagine it's like bastila is like suffering at the hands of uh Brejic, just like being held prisoner and you're just sitting there playing cards yeah right like this is like <laughs> how how do you realistically have the time to be like you know what I could sit down for a game of cards for for a few minutes let's do this and imagine then, yeah, cards I imagine cards just like okay you're kind of wasting your time wait why are you trying to fight people why are you entering a fight the Pazak theme it's jazzy I could imagine this playing in a Star Wars bar kind of maybe more like the kind of more expensive you know bars uh, but. I mean, it's fun, kind of swingy and jazz. I kind of think like Canto Bite, Last Jedi, maybe. Well, like if you're, I don't know, like to me, it's like a lot of flashy lights. You're sitting in front of a slot machine type music to me. Kind of like the ice cream truck out back. We're keeping the ice cream truck. It's, it's... It adds atmosphere. I, it is unfortunate. And I am almost always recording right when it comes. Inside the Sith base. Um, what did you think of that track? I love that in all of these Sith tracks, especially this one, they choose to use that sort of Sith theme that they've already created. 
um, which is the dun 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 dun, and they use it in this, they use it in Korriban, but I love its use here, it's just so foreboding, because every time you hear that in this game, you're like, is there going to be an enemy around the corner? I'm not supposed to be here, and it just really adds to that. So this is kind of a part of the game where you're, you've kind of gotten away from doing your investigation, and now you're, you're looking for the exit and so you've kind of got that that drive to now now that you're kind of done looking around you're you're trying to get off terrace and this is you know this theme does a great job kind of like ch changing the mood to like put you in that mindset of all right now how do i how do i get off this planet before it's going to get glassed by the destroyer above as you mentioned dennis there's a lot of like the sith theme throughout this song and i even almost think there's a bit of the emperor's theme well yeah that's like the whole the whole minor third thing is just part of uh well actually not just minor third but the theme itself where it's dun 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 so you have that uh you have like a a minor second going down in the emperor's theme it's more of a tritone but it's uh it does share similarities in intervals with the emperor's theme all the Sith in throughout the timeline just own the miners, I guess. And this theme also appears in the second game. I think it's only one specific place on on the Ravager. There's it, Jeremy Soul's music sometimes appears in the second game, and it always kind of takes me out when it does because I'm so used to like the or like the fully orchestrated music, and all of a sudden, oh, there comes the MIDI. Uh, and that's no exception because that's kind of like this isn't the theme of the Sith in this game. Why is this playing? Yeah, it just kind of has that eeriness and you're like, oh, no, I'm going to have to prepare. I'm probably going to die. So I think it's it's really good just how it plays with the Sith theme. And then some people are like, I hear the Emperor's theme. So I just have to remind myself when this game came out, I think it was just like right after Attack of the Clones came out. But when it was in development, the most current movie that came out was Phantom Menace, so they're kind of just playing with those four movie sounds. This was also that like golden age of Star Wars games, I would say, where it was like during the prequel era, and they're just kind of like, do we really know like what the what the whole saga is gonna be at this point yet? Because I mean, like we had the Kotor games, we had Battlefront, like Jedi Outcast, Starfighter, all those things, all just good times. So arrival at Dantooine. How did you like that one? I wish that there was a version of it without sound. A friend of mine who's actually um, the artist on KOTOR Live is like, you should do that. You should do a rendition of that. And I kind of want to. I don't know if I would record it live, but I feel like I should just create a rendition of it that is just the music because i know that we're probably never going to get a version of it officially <laughs> i mean heck the, the soundtrack itself isn't even an official release yeah so we're kind of just guessing on the titles i think yes yeah these are all just youtube titles yeah essentially just to like signify this is where you hear it when you arrive on dantween for some reason i only thought like Bastilism was the only time you heard the force theme but then when i was kind of just preparing for this podcast i was listening it's in the score, it's in the transitions more often than it is in the themes of the game. And I think it's just to remind you, like, hey, 
You might not recognize this planet or the ship, but uh, this is Star Wars. Yeah, it's Star Wars, and this is a good, this is a peaceful place after the long storm that was Terrace. So. Yeah, after you just watched Genocide. Yeah. So, it's like contrast. Genocide, Dantooine. Of course, like, Tatooine is part of, part of, the, like, the regular Star Wars culture and universe, but... Dantooine is also the only other planet in this that, like, at the time, had any, had any, like, real connection to the saga, like, the, the posted saga at the time. And, um, and all we really knew about it was that there was a rebel base posted there, and to follow, follow up that info, the Empire goes there and blows it up, you know. I, I haven't read many of the comics, like Tales of the Jedi or anything, but did Dantooine ever appear in anything before this, outside of just being mentioned? Two thousand three, Clone Wars. Oh yeah, I, I I knew I knew it was Clone Wars. I just I think I don't remember if that was after or before this in two thousand three though. I don't know which one came first, but maybe two thousand three was the year of Dantooine. They're like just bring it. <laughs> yeah, because like I I can't remember if it made an appearance in Star Wars Battlefront, but. It did in um, Renegade Squadron, the PSP one that nobody remembers. Okay. Yeah, one of the three that came out for the PSP. One thing about uh, Dantooine, it was first mentioned in Episode 4, but they kind of play with that uh, later in KOTOR when the trio are being interrogated on the Leviathan. And I think Saul Karath asks Revan where is the Jedi Enclave? And he's like, Alderaan. It's on Alderaan. And it's like... I love the little references like that. It's so good. Like, they paid attention. They definitely did. What about ancient ruins? Ancient ruins is an interesting one. It's almost entirely percussion, which is kind of unusual. Uh, I, I would say the only thing that's not is like that kind of harp sound. But other than that, it is all percussion. And that was going to be really that was going to be really fun before COVID happened, because uh, I have a friend who plays plays percussion. I was going to record him on everything for that track and try to actually make like a live version of it. But. Um, I ended up just kind of scrapping that because I'm not going to have as much access to percussion instruments. But like, it's it's a really cool theme. Dan Tween always kind of has that pastoral kind of wandering on the plane sound to me. Kind of like when I'm on Dan Tween, it's like kind of like emotion yet peace, like very Jedi code, you know? This this song is kind of like, it, it seems calm, but then as it kind of goes on, it kind of gets more eerie. Kind of like hints at an ancient and dark empire and i think if there ever were an adaptation they could maybe like have some fun with like hinting at more of the rakatan empire confronting kind of old history you can definitely have fun with it like musically and visually i mean the uh the actual like analysis of it it's kind of hard in the first few bars of it to place it in a key until until the actual like the the main theme of it comes in it's kind of hard to place it and even then i haven't i haven't really analyzed it but i feel like it's in a mode 
it's not even at a key it's just like in some weird mode um so what do you think of the bells in anchorhead street fight beautiful i i love when break drums are used in music so much it adds so much intensity and it's like you you don't need you don't need really big powerful drums you just need to take some breaks take some breaks off car just set it in front of a percussionist and just have him hit it with a stick this is one of those like intense like battle type pieces and like, there's but there's like a little hint of some some star wars music in there like it's like an intense version of but it's like the tune that's just like da, na, 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 na. is it race theme yeah, yeah it's race weird theme. that it's weird that like james was composing the force awakens he came to a 2003 video game and he's like anchorhead street fight i'm gonna come here for inspiration for the new heroines theme i seriously <laughs> yeah. wonder if i seriously wonder if john williams is like listen to the other star wars music in general like rogue one for example i mean so even solo because he wrote the theme for solo and then john powell did the rest of the score i wonder if he was like oh yeah he did a good job or he was like oh i wrote the theme i'm done yeah i wanted to take a quick listen on this one just to kind of refresh but i was like yeah the first thing that came in my head is like man this is like a intense version of like something that isn't actually intense in star wars it's pretty chaotic a lot a lot of these battles are like it's just it seems almost like, like cluster chords and just brass is just popping up everywhere and you hear these brake drums just clinking back and forth. I think it's just meant to throw you off. I mean, sometimes like the, the combat in Knights of the Old Republic is kind of more that um, D&D kind of rolling dice. So maybe they wanted to be like, so the player is kind of just like, you know, kind of sitting waiting for some of these things. So maybe let's like amp up the music to kind of be more intense, you know? Yeah, let's not bore the player. Yeah, it, it immerse you. I'd have to say though that without the music, this uh, yeah, the game's combat would get really drawn out nowadays. I think especially because it's semi-turn base. I I, th- I honestly think it wouldn't be as drawn out if it was just turn base, but because you have this sort of control within it, it almost just feels like. Okay, and I sit there and I attack. I, I can I can run away, but I also have to select my attack on time. Yeah. Or you can pause the game, set up your whole battle plan, and hope that you don't have to pause the game again and like redistribute. And hope that you don't miss five times a power attack. <laughs> right. But yeah, Anchorhead. I love the bells, and it this theme has a lot going on. And like part of me is just like I'm pretty sure John Williams is kind of like, oh no. I did the originals, I did the prequels, now I'm doing some sequels, like maybe I'll just get some inspiration. (laughs) Maybe he heard this and he's like, this is Ray's theme, I'm gonna use that. Um, But it's it's a great confrontation song. So let's talk about the droid attack on the Wookiees. (laughs) Kashyyyk. It's definitely unique in the game. I I won't go out of my way to listen to it on a, on its own as a track. But like I was saying, even about how Terrace is all about contrasts, each planet is its own has its own identity, and Kashyyyk has this this primitive kind of sound to it, and that's 
that's that's what the music is. That there's not. I don't. I don't really think that I even have much to say about it. It's just that's what it is. It's a lot of like marimba, xylophone. Kind of like a tribal sound is what I got out of it. Um, similar to, similar but you know not beat for beat of like the Ewoks from Return of the Jedi. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, like I I agree. Like not something I go out of my way to listen to, but I can still. I can still like identify it with the the world of Kashik. Yeah, when I, when I was trying to find some good songs to talk about, I was kind of looking for kind of like some of the really good themes and then some of the ones that kind of stand on their own. Yeah, I mean, this is underscore. That's all that's all it is. I mean, if someone were to kind of go and blind to the soundtrack, they would hear this, they'd be like, "Is this Kashik?" And you'd be like, "Yeah, you're correct." Because all the planets kind of have their distinct sounds. Like Dantooine, it's kind of just pastoral. And then Tatooine kind of just sounds like a desert where you can adventure, you know? And then this one, it's like, it sounds like lots of drums, tribal. You can imagine all the animals. And uh, what did you think of the Korriban Sith Academy theme? I honestly think that uh, Korriban might be my favorite planet from the game, from the, from the first game, just because of how how interesting it is. The fact that here you are, the dark, the former Dark Lord of the Sith Revan, and uh, depending on when you go in the game, oh, there's Bastila, the Jedi that they're looking for, just sitting on your ship. You're taking I don't know Juhani and Jolie with you, they're Jedi, and you're just freely walking around this this enemy planet. And it just, the music adds to it because it just, it's, it has this tension to it. It has this tension even during the most peaceful parts because you're, this, you're, you're walking around in hell. This is the, as, as peaceful as it might be, this is enemy territory. This is the heart of everything that you're against. And I think the music really evokes that, especially with the fact that it kind of uses that Sith theme, even in a more foreboding sense with that. Um, with the horn when when i listen to this song this uh this piece um also it kind of relates relates in a way to the force theme where it like you're in this world that's like way beyond you but it's not it's not like the the one direction of the force it's it's like a, a completely different world that you're in and different different people mindset and uh and so like I agree with the the more like you're you're in an uncomfortable place you're you're in unfriendly territory but it's still it's still kind of like that mystical world of like the dark side. Korriban it's kind of like in Egypt cuz there's lots of tombs to see a lot of history there and it's also kind of like an evil Hogwarts I guess. Because you have a lot of people trying to learn, but when you kind of like get into it, it's like they're like learning not great things. Like the dark side is destructive. It's also just so obvious that they're evil. As soon as you start, I don't want to say start class, but when you like start the, the the academy and everything. Like you walk in, you're like, oh, here's Uthar Win. He looks evil, and then all the students are just like, 
oh yeah, I'm here to get power. You're like, okay, they're all psychopaths. All right. They're rude and they, they bully a lot of the people there. I'm like, this is kind of, you know, in case you weren't paying attention, they're evil, you know? Yeah, in, ca- in case you didn't know by this point in the game, the Sith are the bad guys. Spoiler. Oh, <laughs> man, I'm not playing this anymore. So, like, on Korriban, you feel like like they are learning. It's just not good. But what I like about this theme is that it's kind of not, like, a theme that it's, like, it's in your face that they're evil. But, like, it's, like, you can just kind of feel uneasy about it. What did what did you think about uh, Captured by the Leviathan? This is a really cool track, and I'm, I wish that it had made it into the game. This is not actually in the game. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I didn't know, I didn't realize this until uh, I was doing KOTOR Live. Like, and I was arranging things for it, and I was, I, was, I was actually thinking about doing this track. And then I went, you know, I really like this, but when does it, when exactly does it play? And I looked, looked up all these cutscenes, and I eventually found out that it was just, that this track was found in the game's files. And that it never actually appears in the game. Oh, that that really does blow my mind because I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I remember this song, but this song, it, it just sounds like everyone's on alert. It's frantic, kind of has like a march theme. I think I think the reason that we think that we remember it is because it's the same theme as uh, I, I don't remember which transition it is. I think it's leaving Tatooine. The dun 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. It's the same theme. And you know, it also sounds familiar because the first thing that I thought of when I like reviewed this track is the like the different the different visits in Revenge of the Sith when you're when you're visiting like the different clone conflicts. So by when you when the scene transitions to Kashik and you're seeing Yoda um conducting like war business with his clones, or like there's a it's a little bit similar to yeah, like the almost like, like the, the trade invading Federation the Jedi kind of theme, right? Yeah, the separatist theme or whatever. Yeah, the other thought that I came up with was invading Naboo um, with the droid army. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is similar. Now I kind of question, you know, everything because I was like, I feel like I remember it, but I guess. Yep, same. Kind of reminds me of when you get to the end credits of the second game, and you're like, was this music in the game? But then it was all cut content, and yeah. The temple. What did you think of the temple? Leading up to the end of the game. It definitely feels like that. Like, you're not there yet, but... I mean, if if you're playing this, you should definitely know that... If you're on the unknown world, you're approaching the end of the game. And this 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 definitely feels like the conflict is risen. You're not just fighting random dark Jedi in the streets anymore. You are fighting so that the Republic can arrive and destroy the Star Forge. This is the ultimate goal. This isn't just some nuisance anymore, you know? So yeah, the temple, it is like at a 12 out of 10. Probably one of the most intense of the combat encounter themes and like you were saying, like, 
after the Star Forge, like you, you found all the maps. This is the Unknown World. The next stop is probably the Star Forge, and you are confronting not just a random dark Jedi, someone who used to be on your team, and they're wanting to fight you and just kind of propose like okay do you want to join the dark side is this something you want to do like and this is one of the first few games where it's like you got to choose you know honestly that blew my mind as a kid yeah i'm like wait like literally i can and it's so simple now like when you look at when you've played both versions you get like there's only like a a few like minor changes that happen but yeah back back when you do it for the first time you're like I can choose whether to accept my past and become who I was before, or I can choose to accept my new friends and move on. And you're like, wow. I know that this was not the first time that they had dark side endings, like an alternate alternate ending, because I know they did it in Jedi Knight with Kyle. But and especially when you compare it to the second game, that uh, this game to the second game, wow, is the second one so much more complex. In terms of uh, you slowly drifting the dark side or light side, it affects what companions you get. It affects like the dialogue that happens when you go on the Ebon Hawk. Uh, it just slowly affects all these things. Like your party members notice things about you, and in the in the first game, it's just kind of like Bastila might say a thing or two about don't do the dark side things, and then you get to the end of the game and you go, all right, pick a side. It's kind of like a light switch. Yeah, really. Yeah, because you can play the whole game light side and then just go, nah. It, it was jarring when you do it in the game. It, if you played a very, like a very light side path, and you're like, oh, I guess it's up to you, Revan. You can turn your back on everything that you've witnessed and become a Sith, or we can take on the Sith and beat this thing. And if you go, if you become a Sith, then Basla ends up becoming a Sith. It's also just yeah. so obvious what's what is the dark side and light side in this game especially i know i keep comparing it to the second game but i love the second game it is my favorite game just like when i first played the second game and i got to Andoran, I, I went with the general vaclu route and then i was like wait why is why is master kavar trying to kill me did i did i do something wrong because it was just like it, especially when i was a little kid I, that was just there was so much gray area in that game especially compared to here where it's just like dark side light side pick yeah i mean and they give you those choices in the first game where it's like you can give this guy some credits or you can strike him down yeah really so it's just like which one are you gonna pick yeah knights of the old republic it kind of evokes the original star wars a new hope it's kind of very like just like it's a fun adventure in space Mm -hmm. good bad and then knights of the old republic 2 the sith lords trying to evoke empire kind of its darkness and kind of ambiguity because like a future episode like that i'm kind of already stressing out about even though it's kind of far off in the future is kreia like how do i oh, how do i yes. break down kreia it's gonna be insane i have so much to say about kreia but that's not that's also not why i'm here right now <laughs> but yeah the temple it's just this is like the intense story changing battle and i think like that would just be a fun theme to see where like all the players are kind of all you know like setting up the end game it it would be fun to see so all right how did you feel about the one and only 
prosthetic jaw wearing <laughs> villain Darth Malik theme. <laughs> One of my favorites. Honestly, Malik isn't one of my favorite villains. I think he's kind of mustache twirling, a little over the top sometimes, but wow, his theme is great. It's just powerful. It's just so like bombastic, I guess is a good word for it. And I love that it's like, double timed oh, for sorry. the last confrontation too. With Darth Malik, they tried to make a lot of like similar connections between him and and Darth Vader, but there's there's a lot less complexity with Darth Malik compared to Darth Vader. But yeah, the music, yeah, like you're you're there, you're going to fight. It's it's getting, it's getting your blood boiled cuz he's you know, he's this tough boss that you have to like completely prepare for. And yeah, the music goes right along with it. They were definitely trying to make him Darth Vader cuz I mean, you were saying about the uh uh about how it's a new hope. I would argue that really this is the original trilogy in general. Like the the first game is just kind of a retelling of the original trilogy and the Revan revelation is I am your father yeah definitely I mean on our Instagram page I always do KOTOR parallels and it's very easy to find parallels like the KOTOR series especially the first game has with the original trilogy I never really found Darth Malak to be the most compelling villain I think they're trying a little bit too hard to try and be Darth Vader. And sometimes, like, Darth Malak will just kind of randomly laugh. And then I'm like, oh, okay. Not the best acting in the world, but... Yeah. And, like, just, like, the metallic effect on it, like, doesn't help it. Like, (laughs) you know? At the same time, it does work with how the game is just trying to be so black and white. I think the character Darth Malak is very... Well, like... It's obvious that he's evil. It's not like KOTOR 2 where, like, well, it's a matter of perspective and, like, what is evil? KOTOR 2 is Revenge of the Sith and the prequel trilogy in general where it's, like, everything's kind of happening behind the scenes and you're pretty sure you know who who the villain is. You're, like, like pretty sure, but the villain's also your friend. And, like, are the Jedi really that good? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, you got Mace Windu who's willing to... It's a deconstruction. Yeah. If you pay attention, I just barely uh, reread the Revenge of the Sith screenplay. You have Anakin killing Count Dooku. He says, I shouldn't have done that. It's not the Jedi way. And then Palpatine is saying he was too dangerous to be kept alive. And then you contrast that with with yeah. Mace Windu, and he says he's too dangerous to be left alive. And Anakin says it's not the Jedi way. And then if they're, if like both of them are kind of just saying the same thing, he's going to choose the one that will save Padme and doesn't condemn him for loving Padme. And honestly, the one who's been his friend longer too, because Mace Windu is kind of a jerk to Anakin the whole time. You know, with, with the direction of he's too dangerous to be left alive and Anakin like takes action on that. Like, I bet you he feels sick about that through the whole like time frame of the film. And then now Mace Windu is going through the same like decision-making process and Anakin's like, no, that is wrong. Like I have not felt right about executing Count Dooku and here we are, we're going to do it again. Right. Yeah. 
but yeah, uh, the Darth Malak theme, it's, it's iconic, a very fast paced, lots of trumpets. You know he's the bad guy, and it's epic. I remember it like I was playing it all those years ago. I wouldn't mind it going darker. It would be interesting to kind of hear it, like, maybe a little bit darker, but I, I do like it the way it is. Um, have you heard any of my KOTOR Live ones? Um, I didn't know that the KOTOR Live was out yet. No, so I, I, I put out all the MIDI ones. That was it. Darth Malak one, it's darker. Yeah, I'm really excited to hear this. But yeah, the finale. Um, what, what did you guys think about the finale? This is another one where I wish that there was a version without sound. I get it for the for the sake of the cutscene in the other one with the arrival on Dantooine because it was a cutscene. It's a video file. That's just what it is. But for this, I don't understand why there's just cheering in the background. I don't understand why it was made that way. It was put into the music instead of being a sound effect. And it's just... I, I think that it's, it's a good track. I just wish that it didn't have that in the file. I love that it kind of creates a happier sounding, less intense version of the Old Republic main theme. Just because, like we were talking about how it sets the atmosphere when you're first creating your character and you're starting the game, you feel like it's wartime. You know, like you feel like, okay, let's do this. This battle's about to start. Um, I'm going to go save the Republic. And now you have saved the Republic. And it's just, it's just nice that that theme gets all triumphant and it's a nice little segue of course into the end into uh um the end credits even though the transition is from midi music into i think it's return of the jedi's end credits music like directly into 1983 london symphony orchestra it's weird but yeah that is kind of funny the the whole scene i get a good kick out of because it's basically the the reward ceremony of a new hope and uh the like the music like brings her right there the the award thing it, like brings you right there i always got a good kick every time i get to this scene and we get to see karth's teeth <laughs> <laughs> i just mostly know that from the memes like i never really noticed it until someone zoomed in on it yeah it's a sight to behold all you dentists out there will get a kick out of it but um the finale, I wouldn't say it's on uh, par with the throne room in 4 or the celebration music in 6, but I can kind of just hear Vander's speech on the prodigal night, even now just when I'm listening to it. It's a good light-sided Star Wars ending, and it's kind of a celebratory, simplified, triumphant version of the Old Republic theme, and I think it is a... It's a good way to end the soundtrack. So yeah. But before we move on to our final questions, um, today's five-star Apple podcast review comes to us from Lou4119, and they said, this podcast is a very interesting and exciting work. Subscriptions, reviews, and shares help us out. Uh, without your five-star reviews, the Jedi archives are incomplete, and Master Atris would be most displeased. 
Ah, uh, they're complete to her. She's fine. Uh, she's a Karen, but you know. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Dennis, do you think if there were like a potential like KOTOR movie or KOTOR adaptation, uh, do you think they should keep the original score, go with an all new score, or go with something mostly new but kind of harkens back to some of the old points? I think that it depends on just how much of an adaptation it really is. I don't I don't think that it ever would be the same as what we know, just because of the way that it seems to be moving with the whole higher public thing and canon and it, the way that it seems that not really much happened between the Jedi and the Sith before, like 2,000 years before Battle of Yavin. I think that if they were to go pretty close to the original story, that they should definitely use some of the themes. I, I, don't, I don't think it would be productive to just like use the old score completely, but I think it'd be better just to go off some motifs. Like It depends on what direction they take. If they were to make KOTOR films, if the show or yeah, if the TV show or the movies come out and it's in the world of the Old Republic, but we're not watching the movie of the video game, then I'd want like a whole new lineup of music. But if if we are going to see Basla, like I would like to hear Basla's theme. The other world's themes, uh, maybe maybe a good Easter egg here and there. But I think for the most part, if it's primarily new stuff in the world of the Old Republic, I just want new music all around. I'd probably say like I would want to go with something new with, like, occasional inspirations from the original score. Like, probably the ones I would want them to keep would probably be if they could harken back to the Old Republic theme, the Sith and Endar Spire, and Bastila's theme. I think that would be pretty cool. So just a quick note of what our followers had said on this topic. We had about, like, 33% say they wanted to keep the original score, and about 14% wanted an all-new score, and 52% said that they wanted to go with a new score that had some old inspiration. So kind of kind of what we're already saying, I'd be curious to know kind of like at what context would they want to see that? Kind of what we've uh, brought up is in in the event that we're, we're watching a retelling or we're looking at something that in the world, like how the opinion would change. But yeah, so 33% would like to keep the original score uh, about 14% wanted a, like a whole bunch of all new and then the rest were just kind of like a mix and match. And then if there were a possible um, adaptation, um, what songs, themes, or motifs would you want them to change or add, Dennis? Well, I feel like due to it being a video game, we didn't get enough motifs of different characters, I would say. So we really had, we had the Darth Malak theme, we had the Bastila theme, and then I would, I would argue that because of the Old Republic, um, like the game, the Old Republic is Revan's theme. Besides those, we don't really have themes for any other specific characters. And I would like to see new motifs for, for those characters, just to kind of keep it in the whole realm of Star Wars, where you have more characters of more themes and then uh what about you Coden? i agree with 
the character themes like i'd i want i would like to see the character themes stay and add more of them um also it, it because because the sith empire is going to be part of it you know regardless if we're looking at more of like an overworld story or a specific story i think the sith the sith themes could all find their way into a kotor adaptation uh, i would love to see those kind of like either completely used or kind of like re, re, remastered re-realized I, I don't know about like specifically changing anything uh other than maybe giving malik's theme a little bit less of a battle and more of just like a personality type musical theme, like more contemplative or like underscore you're saying yeah as for me i think it'd be interesting to have like a darth revan theme and then kind of the amnesiac revan theme maybe it could be similar maybe it could be similar to a darth revan theme or it could be its own like kind of different contrasting theme and then maybe like a redeemed revan who knows who he is that would be interesting to see i also think there would probably need to be a karth theme because bastila karth and revan are kind of like the main trio of knights of the old republic and i think the rest of the Evanhawk crew could either have like themes or motifs but i think you'd need to hear more from them like you're saying and then kind of like I was saying earlier when we were talking about Bastila theme, you kind of have the kind of sad kind of tortured Jedi sound to that. It would be interesting to have like kind of a dark sided, like a dark sided sound to that. Like dun, dun, oh, yeah. dun, dun, dun. I think that would be cool. Um, and then like maybe at the end there could be like a redeemed, less tortured version of that. It would like a heroic bastila's theme i think that would sound cool i think it'd be cool to hear like a love theme whether it's revan and bastila or another love story like just kind of have like a good love theme you know because i didn't really remember one uh in the sequel trilogy and i think we just need to like after across the stars and like han solo and the princess like i think it would just be fun to kind of get a newer one you know and then maybe like a darker, more intense uh, Darth Malak theme. Definitely. Uh, this has been Cassia. And this has been Coden. And then where can our guests find you and uh, some of the projects you're working on, Dennis? So I have a website. It is dsmowersmusic.com. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at dsmowersmusic and also Facebook. You can just search up Dennis S. Mowers Composer. And on all of those, you can learn more about KOTOR Live. I have a GoFundMe set up for it, and I was supposed to get everything recorded from, I would say, about March to May, but due to worldwide pandemic, that didn't really happen. But because of that, I released the MIDI demos that I created for them. Uh, it's 13 tracks, and you can find those all over my social media. And if you'd like a little bit of an incentive, I... When we were talking about the finale, I said I really wish that there was a version of it without the sound effects. I made one. And you can find us on Instagram at Ebonhawk Podcast. And the Ebonhawk can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, and everywhere else that Anchor Podcasts are distributed. Subscriptions, reviews, and shares help us out. Our email, you can email us your comments and business inquiries at ebonhawkpodcast at gmail.com. 
Uh, you can find me specifically on twitch.tv forward slash Konanban or Instagram at the same handle and Twitter at the same handle. Um, but that's typically Thursday evenings around 6 or 7 p.m. Mountain Time. And then our intro and outro themes were composed by Alistair Shorman. And he can be found at alistairsounds.wixsite.com forward slash alistairsounds. Our transition music was composed by Christian Walker. And he can be found at christianwalkermusic.com. This has been The Ebon Hawk. May the force be with you. We'll be back soon. Bye for now. Thank you.